Answering your questions about matters of the head, heart, and health. This is Gut Feelings with Lo Bosworth. Hello, hello. Welcome to your brand new episode of Gut Feelings, your go-to podcast for advice on matters of the head, heart, and health. I am your host, Lo Bosworth, the founder of women's wellness brand, Love Wellness. You can find us at Walmart in Digestive Health, Target in Natural Beauty and Women's OTC, Ulta in Bath on Amazon, and of course, at lovewellness.com. On this show, we answer your head, heart, and health advice questions like your best friend would. We're all about building an open community here, so if you have a particularly tough or awkward question for us, that's okay. Ask away. As you may know, tough and awkward is what we do best at Love Wellness. So with that, let's dive into your questions and today's guest. So on the show today, I'm so excited because we have actress, model, influencer, podcast host, and cast member of Bravo's Summer House, Paige DeSorbo, with us. So join me now in giving a big love wellness welcome to Paige. Hi, Paige. Hello. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you on the show. And I did a poll to my Instagram audience and said, hey, Paige is going to be on the Gut Feelings podcast. What do you want to ask her? And we got a lot of questions. So I'm really, really excited for today's episode. And I feel like because you've been on TV, you're super engaged on social, people are you know, used to you being really straightforward and honest. And so I just want to jump right into our health question. So on Instagram, you have shared a very detailed breakdown of your skincare routine. And you shared that you haven't had Botox or filler or plastic surgery. And I have had all of those things. <laughs> and not to say that I'm not going to get them. I'm on Botox TikTok, like for sure. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I've been getting Botox since I was probably, I don't know, 26, 27. I've had some filler But you do say that you get laser facial treatments, and I started to get laser facial treatments a couple of months ago, and they're amazing from my friend, Dr. Phil. So everybody wants you to walk us through those laser treatments. What exactly are you doing? Do you have a skincare routine that goes with them? How does it work for you? So in terms of my skincare routine, I live on the side of like, I feel like my skin gets used to certain things. So it's not that I do like, it's not like I've had the same skincare routine since I was 13 and I swear by it. I definitely switch it up because also- You're not still using your Neutrogena? Right. Like I'm not (laughs) using those pore strips anymore. And also, like, the air in New York and the water in New York is so different than if I'm going down to Charleston. So my skincare, in terms of my laser facials, I go to Dr. Dennis Gross in the city. Oh, amazing. But is he movie expensive? He's a little bit on the pricier (laughs) side. But I'm going to tell you, I wasn't even—I was trying to get an appointment with him for, like, months— And then one of my girlfriends sells all of the lasers to his office. So she got me in, forever grateful for her. And I go once a month and I get a laser facial. And when my first appointment that I went in to see him, I said, okay, you tell me where I need Botox and then I'll just do it. And he said, I really don't want to do it on you yet. At the time, I was 29 when I first went to see him. He goes, I really don't want to do it on you yet. If you want to come back when you're 31 or 32, we'll reassess. But I want you to do these laser facials instead. And I'm going to be honest, I haven't thought about Botox as seriously since then. 
Because I was like, look, if he's telling me no, I'm going to trust him rather than the people in my DMs that are like, you really need Botox, <laughs> you know? So well, like- he's an incredible dermatologist, world renowned. I've been to see him and I love him. I asked him once, I was like, why do I have all these blackheads all over my face? He was like, it's because you're using lotion and not serum. So I was he's like, oh. <laughs> very straightforward with you. I like when my dermatologist plays a little bit more like a therapist. I like to be laying there and then be yelling at me to stop eating so much dairy because like I feel like I need someone to like really tell me the truth. Okay, that's nice. But we need the names of the lasers. Okay, so the name of the laser is actually, hold on, I actually know it. Is it the aura laser or like I have something called an Aura laser and then one other, but I forget the name. I know the name of the brand of the laser is Qtera, but I don't know the exact name of the actual procedure. We'll find out the name of the laser and we'll overlay it on the episode (laughs) once we find out the name of the laser. So we'll have to follow up. What does the laser do? Is it for discoloration and fine lines? Does it like tighten the skin? Does it do all those things? Everything. It does all of those things. You definitely do glow the couple days after, but it's making your pores smaller, definitely helping with your fine lines, tightening your skin. If you have any hyperpigmentation, it helps with that. You feel nothing. You literally lay there and you feel absolutely nothing. And then sometimes I'll do like a red light for like 15 minutes after just like kill certain bacteria. And then that's it. I do that once a month. And then I also love going to face gym. I think that's another thing. What's that? Oh, my God. Have you not been to face gym? No, I don't know what that is. This is going to change your life. Okay, so there's... (laughs) Do they like do face exercises? It's beyond. I think it's originally British. There's a bunch of them in New York. There's one in Saks. That's the one I always go to. And then I think there's maybe like two in LA. But they're like starting to pop up now. And it truly is just like a workout for your face. So if I have an event or anything and I'll go, there's so many different things you can do like You can do one where it's just someone's hands and they're like working your face out. Then they have all these other devices. And if you grind your teeth or you have like a lot of tension in your jaw, it's amazing. And then some girls, I feel like, think that they need Botox in their jaw because it's so tense. If you go to face gym a couple times, it'll work that tension out and your face really will look and feel so much slimmer. Wait, I love this idea. I mean, I do gua sha and all the stuff and it does make a difference. Lymphatic drainage on the face, all that stuff totally makes a difference. I need to go to face gym and ask them, is there an exercise I can do to improve my hooded eyelids? Because I've always had hooded eyelids. And as I get older each year, it seems like month by month, they're starting to get saggier. And so I've been talking to my friend who's a plastic surgeon and at the end of the year, I'm like, do I like need to do eyelid surgery because I just feel... Which I heard is painful. I mean... So I, I don't mean, want to do you, it. <laughs> I'm sure if you cut your face open, anytime you do that, it's painful. Very true. <laughs> but I'm just like getting so sick of having hooded eyelids and I feel like it like ages me. And so maybe I need to go to face gym and be like, can I do some exercises? Have you ever tried new face? I actually own that, but it just sits in my drawer. <laughs> okay. I am the same way. I'm not kidding. I owned one for, I want to say like two years because I saw it on like, an, it was like an Amazon Prime day and it was on sale. And I was like, I should buy this. I never used it. And I started using it probably like a year ago. And I 
had, I have like one eye that I'm like, I think is bigger than the other. So like on days. What do you mean? Like your eyeball, one eyeball is bigger than the other? <laughs> like I had a makeup artist one time just like roast me at like 8 a.m. telling me that my orbital bones were off and that I have one orbital bone that's like more sunken in. So if I'm like hungover or I'm tired or it's late at night, I feel like you can tell that one eye is a little bit smaller. <laughs> so whenever I am in those moods where I'm self-conscious about it, I take the new face and I use it on my eyebrows and I just hold it up. I don't even really move it. Just one side. And, I, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I feel like it works. So try the new face that you've never tried and see if it helps. All right. I'm going to plug it in after this. All right. And that doesn't hurt either. That like you can do sitting on the couch before bed. Okay. So you're all about lasers, the new face. I can personally vouch for Botox for any of our listeners. I think it's amazing. But you know, you you do you. You go see your doctor and you talk about it. Where did you, when you first got it done, where did you first get it done on your face? When I first was getting Botox, I, I mean, it was baby Botox at that point. You know, it was like 11s. An interesting place that a lot of people don't get Botox, and I actually like getting Botox there, is I think they're called bunny lines. So not crow's feet on the outside, but actually like right here. I think they're called the bunny lines, but anybody who's listening can leave us a comment. Let me know if I'm wrong or right. And just like a tiny bit around the eyes. That's where I, when I do get it, that's where I think is my first spot, right around my eyes. Because that's where I feel like you look, starts to age first almost, your laugh lines and stuff. Yeah, 100%. I know people that have started to get it on their necks. I haven't done it on my neck. But you know what I did do a couple months ago? Trap talks. <laughs> Wait, what is that? It's when you put Botox into your trapezius muscles. You have no idea. I've been talking about this for three weeks. The Barbie Botox. Is it called Barbie Botox? That's what they were calling it on TikTok. Does it work? It works. And listen, I know I'm going to get shit for talking about this, but I don't really care. No, I've been talking about it for weeks. I know that I am the founder of a wellness business, but I believe in balance, okay? I'm going to eat organic food and I'm also going to get Botox. It's okay. It's fine. So I got trapezius Botox and I got it maybe six months ago before summer because I've always had just sort of, I don't want to say overdeveloped trapezius muscles, but maybe like they disproportionate look to the rest of my body. Yeah. yeah. And since I got it, they definitely have, I don't know, my like neckline in my eyes is more of like a ballerina neckline. Is that a crazy thing? Oh my God. Okay. No, <laughs> this is so crazy because I've been I talking like it. about it on Giggly Squad for like two weeks and I'm like, I'm so in a hole on TikTok of seeing girls before and afters of it. And I'm like, I feel like if I'm going to get Botox, that's a great place to get it first to like ease me into it because I feel the same way. I've always felt like I have like a bigger trap muscle and it makes my neck look bigger. I feel like you've just convinced me that I want to get it. I love that you're going to get trap talks before you get Botox in your face. <laughs> you're like, let me stick a needle into my neck. <laughs> no, I love that. Okay, I'm excited. But yeah, I know. I know a lot of people that have done it. Before we get to our next advice question, everybody, I want to let you know that you're tuning into Gut Feelings. It's not a really good day. <laughs> so our Black Friday Cyber Monday sales are getting kicked off right now. They are happening. And that means that there are huge savings and free stuff available on lovewellness.com for all of your 
vaginal, gut, and hormonal health needs. I think that this is our biggest sale ever. So truly highly recommend that if you are looking to bring Love Wellness into your wellness routine, or you're trying to start a wellness routine, or you need to stock up on some of your favorites, now is the time. Okay, lovewellness.com. Go get it. Okay, so let's move into our head questions. And something that I think that everybody really loves about you is the way that you use your platform to really spread messages of body positivity. You encourage girls and women to really embrace their unique beauty and self-confidence. This is kind of a question that I think pertains to the internet, but also IRL. How do you handle seeing people that don't like you? You and I both know that being on the internet, you get hate every single day. And it's hard to continue to be positive and encouraging through that. It's sort of like you have to trudge through it a little bit day to day. And so I think the question is, how do you deal with that on the internet? And then how does that sort of spill over into real life? I think, honestly... I handle it and I don't. Like anything else, like I think I have good days and I have bad days. And I feel like people's advice is always like, oh, don't look at the comments. And like, if you just don't see it, you won't know. Which, yes. But it's also like, I'm going to see them even if I'm not actively looking for it. I have to go on my own Instagram and sometimes click that button where all the comments are listed. So I think it's, each day, like making a conscious decision of like, if I have a picture on Instagram and there's maybe over 200 comments, that picture is no longer for me. Like, I don't need to see what those comments are because over 200, then it has nothing to do with me, you know? So I do take it on a daily basis because there are days where I'm going to be honest, I am deep in the comments and I am like, oh my God, I feel awful or about myself or people don't understand me. Half the time it isn't about my appearance. It's people don't get my personality or they think I'm being mean and it was, you know, a cut sentence from a longer conversation or it was a funny moment that didn't translate on TV. So I've definitely gotten better in the six years that I've been on reality TV. Obviously, when I was 25, it was a completely different story because you're kind of like, wait, all of these people that I don't know don't like me. And the human brain is not made to see that at all in that large of numbers. I think that's where this question is coming from, right? Because as somebody who has a career in the public eye, the question is coming from somebody who does not have the same experience as you, right? And so they're like obviously experiencing some kind of hate or negativity for the first time. And it's that. It's like the realization that people may not like you, right? And I think that's really hard for a lot of people when they first start to encounter that in their life. Yeah. And obviously, like everyone deals with that a little bit growing up and being in school. And you might know okay, these two girls don't like me in high school and you don't have to talk to them. Where like on Instagram, you can see people disliking you together. And it's really not a normal occurrence. Nobody should be able to watch people talking shit about them. Yeah, it's really hard. Like the things that I do to kind of get it out of my brain is, and it sounds so cliche, but I'm going to be honest, like I just call my mom and I like vent to her about it. And 
I kind of take inventory of in real life. Okay, do any of my friends think this about me? No. Do any of my family members think this about me? No. Then like I'm good. But it's tough. And you really do have to take it a step at a time. And like each day is totally different. And there are days where I've been like, okay, I'm not going on Instagram today and just cutting it off there. But I think it's situational and I don't have a great answer of like, oh, do this and it'll never like affect you because that's just not realistic. And I think I try and surround myself with small real life moments that are the most important and make me feel good because I'm like, I'm never meeting Jessica in Iowa and she can hate me all she wants, but I'm literally never going to come in contact with her. So you have to like think about it in like all perspective, I guess. I agree. For me, I think part of the challenge, and I'm sure a lot of people share this, is that when it's directed at you, you're like, okay, like the criticism I can handle. It's almost embarrassing to know that other people can see the commentary or other people know that somebody thinks it about you. It's sort of the ripple effect that I think can get to me and can get to anybody, right? It's like, imagine you're in school and like you did something and then the gossip just expands and expands. It's like, it's that feeling. And you feel like embarrassed and you're like, oh my God, now everyone's going to see this and everyone is going to start thinking like that. And with reality TV, there's a lot of group mentality. So like if one person comments something mean, then like another person feels okay to do it, even if they weren't going to do it in the beginning, you know? So you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt of these people are entertaining themselves with your life and they don't really take it seriously. So you shouldn't either. Mm, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. I like that. They're not taking it seriously. So you shouldn't either. And you're also just never going to meet them. <laughs> so, And sometimes I also just want to be like, you know what? Fuck off. Like, to be serious. I really have to restrain myself from doing that every single day. I will say when I first got on reality TV, I was writing back to people trying to explain myself. And it was until I had a therapist tell me, are you going to comment back to 250 people and take up your whole day? No. And I had someone say something to me one time that really registered with me when I first started on TV. She said, if you were walking down the street and someone screamed at you all of these nasty things, what would you do? And I was like, oh, I would turn and be like, that person's crazy. And I would just keep going. She was like, "Okay, so then do that on the Internet, too, because both of those people don't know you. They are just saying crazy things and you think they're crazy. So just move on. And that really registered with me and just really helped me for whatever reason. So that's really, really good perspective. I like that. All right, before we get into our final question, this is your reminder that our Black Friday Cyber Monday sales are happening right now on lovewellness.com. They are running through November 27th. Pretty sure that these are the biggest savings ever. So if you want to start a new wellness routine, if you are looking to stock up on your faves, or you're just curious about love wellness in general, you want to get some bye-bye bloat going or some, you know, pH balancing cleanser, now is the time. All right, let's get into this final question. Okay, last question, matters of the heart. So it is no secret that you have experience with a long-distance relationship Everybody loves Craig. So I think that long-distance relationships can have their own set of challenges on top of the normal relationships. So 
we have a very specific question from somebody who is entertaining the idea of getting into a long-distance relationship right now. She really likes this guy that she met, but they live two hours apart by air. So I don't know the driving distance, but she said the flight is two hours. What should she do? Okay, so never did I ever expect myself (laughs) to be in a long-distance relationship. And going into it, I was like, whatever, this is going to be fine. So you had no issues. You were just, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to do this. is fine. I will say, I think it's very different being in a long-distance relationship as like a grown adult than it is when you're, I feel like a lot of people in college or in long distance, that I think is crazy and is way harder than when you're an actual adult. Because like I can make my own schedule and obviously like buy my own flights and I'm not in college and missing certain things on the weekend that I would care about. So I will say for that, it's different. So first, be an adult. (laughs) Be an adult. (laughs) Be an adult. It's very important. And if you're in college and you're doing a long distance breakup and you're going to have more fun single. Yeah. She didn't include how old she was or like life stage. She just was like, I'm thinking about a long distance relationship. Two hours. What should I do? I think my number one advice that helped me the most is I am a planner. I'm a list person. I kind of have to have an itinerary. I like to know like exactly what's happening for the next week. So I think my biggest advice is a schedule. Craig and I definitely have two opposite busy seasons. So obviously I'm filming Summer House all summer. So I'm in New York, July, August, and then September for Fashion Week. And he definitely comes to me during those times. But then when it switches to like October, November, December, the more of like the winter months, I go down to him more often. So I think you have to take inventory of your schedules and it has to be a two-way street. Like each person can't be like, oh, you've been coming to me more and I've been traveling to you more this time. Like you really can't fight about that. I think there needs to be a schedule in place. And also, Craig and I made this rule that we wouldn't go longer than two weeks without seeing each other. Because obviously, like, you make a schedule and plans change and things pop up and people have things to do. So you can't always stick to your schedule. But that's the framework. That's the general framework that you aim for. Absolutely. You need a certain framework. And then we made that rule. And that really helped us work on the schedule of, like, who was going to who when And I will say we've honestly never fought about being long distance in terms of we thought one person was doing more for the relationship. And then I think it does get to a point where you're like, okay, well, are we going to live in one place? Well, are you? And that's that's where I'm at right now. (laughs) Tell us where you're moving. Is Craigie going to move to New York? (laughs) It's funny because we were just with a bunch of friends over the weekend who aren't on TV and they had asked me the same question. So they go, like, when do you think you'll move down here? And he actually spoke for me, which I was like not expecting. He was like, Paige, you know, is very career driven and we're just on our own timeline. And when it happens, it'll happen and we'll see where we're at in the next couple of years. And I was like so thankful that he said that because sometimes when it is coming from me, People automatically are like, oh, you don't love him as much as he loves you. And oh, you're selfish and 
honestly, just because I'm the girl. Yeah, I think those traditional gender stereotypes and relationships definitely play into how people perceive what you would do or what he would do or should do, of course, which is stupid. And if he was 31 and said, you know, I really want to focus on my career and it'll happen in the next few years, everyone would be like, oh, my God, he's got his head on right. He's so driven. But when I say it, they're like, well, what's really going on? So I was so thankful that he said that. And obviously, Charleston is a lovely place and gorgeous. But I'm not done with New York City yet. And I feel like I have, you know, the rest of my life to be married and have a child. I'm just not ready for it right now. I turn 31 next month. And I honestly like my life and I don't want to change it. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you can swing it, New York is a place that you can always sort of come home to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, I love going back and forth. I love wearing all black Monday through Friday and then on Saturday having like a pink little flowy dress on in Charleston. So I enjoy she's doing both. She's the Southern Belle. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies <is>. and gentlemen, <laughs> she's the Southern Belle. Okay. So for long distance relationships, you need a framework. You need lists on a schedule and you, it needs to be balanced is what you're saying. Definitely needs to be balanced. And I think like see what you guys are comfortable with and it'll flow obviously as you progress into your relationship and it'll be easier to see like, okay, where's our threshold of like, we can't go this many days without seeing each other and you know, who's really busy this month and who's not. So yeah, all helpful information. Okay, well, these were really great health, head, heart questions today. Paige, love your advice. And I think our listeners will love your advice as Thank well. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for coming on the Gut Feelings Podcast. We love you. I appreciate you having me on. Okay, that's it. Thanks, girl. Bye. All right, big thank you to Paige for coming on the show today and getting real with us on so many topics. I love an advice podcast. I think I especially loved her head advice today about how do you handle people that don't like you or whatever, because everybody deals with that. And I thought her advice was really, really good. I also want to thank all of you for listening in and joining me for this episode. I hope that you loved hearing from Paige as much as I loved speaking with her. And if you like the show, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. I'm Lo Bosworth, and I will see you next time on Gut Feelings. Gut Feelings.